learning isn't systematic. Learning is natural. We need to embrace this idea that the the kids are going to be okay if we can just get over this idea that the only place and the only way they can learn is if we lock them in a room together and you know spoon feed shit down their necks because it doesn't work it's anti learning Daniel, welcome to the Freedom Footprint Show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, gentlemen. It's weird to be on the other side of the mic here. Yeah, good to have you here, Daniel and Lauren. Uh, this is <laughs> hello. This Sorry. is this feels very odd because it's usually the other way around. I think I've been on your pod five or six times now. It's it's getting weird, and. Uh, yeah, when we meet in real life, it's just about it's the same feeling as when we're on the pod. Like we're <laughs> we're, we're always doing this, aren't we? Yeah. So we even had a conversation just yesterday morning or this morning. I can't remember. Like it's it's not. Yeah. Often no, as soon as one of us gets an idea or something, we we, we usually want to bounce it off the other. Or at least I want to bounce my ideas off of you. Uh, <laughs> well, one of your one of your latest atheism ideas. Uh, you come to the other guy that you know uh, is a big fan of the life of Brian. That you know that's that's the yeah. way to go, right? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> all so right. How are you going to work this with Lauren? Are you, are you going to ask her first of all, like a question or like? Yeah, yeah. How are you, doing? Lauren? What what are you up to these days? How, how much? Uh, what percentage of homeschooling are you doing now? Like are 80, 20 or a hundred percent homeschool or like 20% homeschool or what's the deal there? I'm a hundred percent homeschool. Yeah. So you don't go to school at all? Not, no. I'm, but yeah. you, you, you still have a, a bunch of uh, teachers coming, coming over to your house and, and teaching you stuff every now and then. Uh, or how, well, how does that work? I have, one French teacher that comes and teaches French because we oh, don't nice. really go out anywhere. And yeah, we don't really use it that much. So yeah, and she comes across and teaches you French. Um, and we have the Shil Cubrio, K U B R I O, Cubrio.com, which was rebranded from Galileo. Um, oh, that's where right. she spends. That's where she spends most of her day. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. So they changed changed from Galileo to Cubrio. Yes. Uh, and when did they do that? Like just now? <laughs> a couple of months ago. Mm. Yeah, a couple of months. Mm. Yeah. During summer. Around summertime, yeah. Yeah. All right. Good to hear. And Lauren, wh why don't we kick this off the way uh, Daniel usually kicks off his pods? Why don't you ask your father a question? <laughs> oh, yes. All right. All right. <laughs> what do you got? Let's see. Have any questions? <laughs> you taught her everything already, did you? Everything you knew. <laughs> I I try. I don't need. I don't teach her everything. You guys do when you come on the show and talk to her. You see, this is homeschooling. She's it so is. knowledgeable that she can't even think of a question for her father. It's yep. perfect. <laughs> does it have to be about Bitcoin, or does it have to? It can be about anything. 
Of course not. You can ask what's for dinner tomorrow or something, oh. or whatever. Now, now you have the paradox of choice bearing down on you as well. I mean, the, the important word in ask me anything is anything. Mm -hmm. Oh, <laughs> when am I going to get a phone? When are you going to get a phone? Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, well, Lauren, the, I guess the question is, what would you need a phone for? Texting oh, friends. Texting friends, mm -hmm. right. Okay. But at the moment, all day, every day, you are um, online chatting with your friends as close to in real life as possible. At least you're Zooming each other yeah, and it's... having big discussions and, uh, and working together on, on uh, different projects and problems and whatever. Well, I don't see the need for you to have a phone. But what about when I move? I don't have, wait. When you move where? Like, when we're going to go traveling around again. I mean, at some stage in your life, but definitely not in the next year or two that I can I can okay, visit. Okay, year or two I can go through. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, Lauren, oh. I love I love that question because there's so much information in the question itself. You know, <laughs> first I I can figure out quite easily that you don't have a phone when you ask that question, and then I can also figure out that Daniel doesn't maybe doesn't really want you to have a phone at this point in your life because he wants you. Probably he doesn't want you to have notifications ruin ruin your day, as it has for my kids. I mean, they're they're on the phone all the time, and uh, it's pretty annoying sometimes. So sometimes I. I ask myself, why the hell did I give them my old phone? Because they're like, these devices are hypnotizing kids. They're great at hypnotizing kids, especially those dangerous apps such as TikTok. It's designed to hypnotize you. So it's really scary. So uh, I think your father is probably doing a, a very responsible thing. I wish I was half as responsible as him sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a constant battle. Um... You do have access to my old phone, like Kenu is talking about here. Yeah, and guess what? I catch you looking at TikTok on it. It's, it's, it's <laughs> kind of different. It's YouTube, mm -hmm. but I have TikTok on my computer. But I rarely go on that. Right. Okay. I only go like say. once in like three months just to check on what everything's going on. You should be making Bitcoin content. <laughs> I can't. You can. No, I can't because you're I, a Bitcoiner. You can. I can't because on my computer I can't make videos for some weird reason. Plus, I oh right, yeah. yeah, you're talking about the limitations of the uh, the device you have, mm -hmm. right? I see. That's Otherwise, you'd be making yeah. Bitcoin content. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you you have to look up the alternative platform. So I know, like like YouTube Kids, you can't use it for anything really. Uh, mm. And stuff like that, but 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 there are old alternatives if you look for them. And of course, you're a Bitcoiner. You're all of these rules, like kids can't handle money before they're 16 or 18 or 21 or whatever. They don't apply anymore because Bitcoin exists. You can use it as as much as you like. There's no one that can stop you, right? So, That's Lauren, the thing I you should be pushing. You should be pushing. <laughs> I want my own Bitcoin Lightning wallet. I don't. Yeah. That's yeah. what, I mean, that would be your case. That That's the case to make to me for having your own mobile phone. I want to be able to yeah, have yeah, my own. First. But then oh. what are you going to spend it on? And what Nothing. are you going to save it? You're going to save Perfect. it. Okay, great. Then you don't Perfect. need a that's... lightning wallet. 
that was that would have been my follow-up question but oh, 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 uh, wait, wait, wait. i'll go to a cafe orange bowl someone and then give them a of uh lightning a bit of bitcoin yeah that's exactly tip people yeah tip people yeah, that's mm-hmm. why I need it. okay you know, uh, my son Targa, he has a uh, lightning wallet on his phone. And my daughter, Ami, she uh, she didn't do any candy for a whole year. So she didn't eat any candy for a whole year. And we gave her a bit of money because of that. And she has asked to get 50-50 fiat and Bitcoin. So she, she hasn't got the Bitcoin yet, but we're working on that. Like... <laughs> She'll probably have to to get a better phone first. So we're doing some sort of phone switch soon, or maybe installing a Lightning no- uh, wallet on on her laptop or or something. But she's getting her first Bitcoin, and Target has an open dime also. Nice. So, that's, yeah. that's amazing. She didn't eat any uh, any sugar, any candy for a year. Well, she did eat sugar. She she ate ice cream and like uh, cake. Okay, but no, no, no but sweets. No, no sweets. Yeah, right. Awesome. Yeah, well I don't really eat that many sweets. Why? You would though, given the chance. If there was sweets or cake, <laughs> I would go for cake. No, if you go to a birthday party, there's oh, sweets yeah, and cake, no, and you eat yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, but that's only because I rarely get the sweets or cake. Because you rarely get, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's why I go for the shop. And why do you rarely get sweets? Because it's poison, apparently. It's, it's not apparently. It is. <laughs> this, Lauren, this is where you, this is where you become a politician, and you tell your dad, like, I eat, I eat around thirty percent candies, so you should give me seventy percent money. <laughs> yep. Yes. Seventy percent of the reward because I, I ate only thirty percent of what the normal kid would eat. <laughs> Anyway, I have a question for you, Lauren. Yeah, go. When are you coming to Madeira? Next time. time. When are you I coming can? back? <laughs> did you like it there? I liked it, yeah. It was really nice. Um, did, did you love it? I I would say I loved it, but there was some... There was one thing that really... I mean, it, it was only because it was my dad's fault, but... Um, what did I do this time? <laughs> you left the car windows, like, things open, oh. but we froze to death in the car. <laughs> yeah, 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 all right. But that's not really the, the, the island's fault, is it? No. I guess so. But it was kind of yeah. cold. To also, to, yeah. It's kind of cold when you go up the hills, like... Uh, yeah. Yeah. But where were we driving to on that particular oh, trip? Oh, what's the... To go out on the boat trip for yeah, the whole day, the which was amazing. Yes, it was. With Andre and yes. uh, right. Philip and the kids. Like yeah, beautiful. It was same kind. Was... Same kind of boat that we went on. Yes. Really? Not oh, yeah. not as plush, but you know, yeah, in, in the same kind of league. All right. Now, now I've dropped a, a, a truth bomb here. I mean. Uh, Yes, dear listeners, me and Daniel have been on a boating trip together <laughs> <laughs> on Madeira, and that's about as much as we're going to tell you because we're going to to Amsterdam in uh, less than two weeks now to talk about Madeira. I and thought you were referencing other the other boats that we've been on together. Yeah, I thought you were talking about the other one too. Oh, the other boat? We've been on another boat <laughs> where we had the accident? <laughs> no, no, no. 
Canute, you're shitting the bed with this. Yeah, I am. Uh, I uh, even remember, and I wasn't there. Lauren wasn't even there, and she knows what I'm referencing. Uh, (laughs) I feel like Beavis and Butthead. Uncle Chad's. Oh, that boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was <laughs> Uncle Chad's boat. But that was, uh, we, we never went anywhere with that boat. That was that was just more to appear all the time or to some form of pontoon. Yes. It wasn't a trip. You are correct. It sort of was a trip. It was weird. <laughs> it was a hell of a trip. <laughs> yeah, but Uncle Chad's boat. Yeah. We only saw one of them, though. Mm-hmm. Perfect. That was yeah. that was enough, right? I mean, <laughs> sorry. Oh no, I was just uh, I was just going to say, uh, considering our cold open and a little bit of uh, uh, this nice familiar conversation uh, for the very few of our listeners who might not be familiar with all this context going around, Daniel, I was uh, I was wondering if maybe you could do a light um, uh, pull things together a little bit for us and uh, tell us maybe a little about who you are. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Lauren. But again, there are a couple of people who might not know who you are. <laughs> All right, so this person right here is Daniel Prince, mm-hmm. the the father of me. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, he's the co-host of the One Spitting Podcast. Co-host. Um, and he <laughs> wrote a book about truth life. Um, yeah. Yes, Was that's that's a good intro. Thank you very much. Do you want? Um, I, I'll I'll carry on. If, uh, yeah. if yep, okay. Do you want to go and uh, say goodbye? And, yes. Yeah, get Bye. On with it. Bye, Lauren. Always a pleasure. See you soon. Yeah. Great to have you on. Bye. Also, is it being the door? Yes, it is. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that, I, I think that was a very good summary. Host of the Once Bitten podcast, uh, author oh, of the book oh, Choose oh. Life, and. Um, yeah, Over. Bitcoin, Bitcoin maximalist, uh, freedom lover, and um, you're a walking dating service. That's that's what the term we coined, yeah. because your your skill, uh, an underrated skill of yours, it's is connecting people. That's what you do. Yes, it is. Yeah, uh, it. So, uh, and I, I guess that comes from. I guess nothing is a waste of time. Uh, but I was a, a foreign exchange broker in a past life, in my fiat life. Uh, I was the the most fiat of fiat rent seekers, as close to the uh, the Cantillon effect, the the, the spigot of um, freshly printed fiat currency as you could ever be, without even actually realizing um, what was going on. But that did teach me uh, where to find and see um opportunity and and where to connect buyers and sellers uh, so i definitely have carried that skill over into into my bitcoin life whereas canute um so eloquently says i am a, known as a dating service because when i see somebody <laughs> selling their service i.e their their good or service or product i know who would be interested in buying it um i.e the um the investors in the space uh, so or those that can help build that project out. So I'm more than happy to match those guys up. And as soon as I see that, the first thing I do is email or text or make sure I um, connect those guys. So I, I, I hope I'm adding value to, uh, to, to people in, in that way. 
You certainly do, and and it's a pleasure to watch uh, watch this process live. And I, I I I learn a lot from it. I have to tell you, like maybe you don't know, but I I, I take notes, mental notes. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, I thought of something. You say that you were as about as close to the monetary spigot as, as you could get, and you mm -hmm. benefited from the Cantillon effect. Yeah. Uh, do you view this uh, your your the second part of your life where Bitcoin came in and sort of took over, uh, and when you're doing all this dating service in Bitcoin and the podcast first and foremost, do you view that as some form of atonement for your sins in the? I am uh, repenting. Edward, are you repenting? <laughs> I think so. I think it's only natural, uh, and I think um, many of us are going to come from different sectors and feel the same whether uh, you know it doesn't matter what sector you're in you are feeding the beast in your yeah. fiat role yeah I, I i can relate to it because i uh though i never came from finance or any anywhere close to the monetary spigot i was working for the public sector for a while uh, mm -hmm. when working on the toll ship and for the uh, that that whole project got a lot of money from the state and from the municipality we uh the ship was registered in and the school was uh, located in. So even though I didn't make that much money, it was still like in hindsight, uh, like from this point onwards, I could I could never dream of, of getting a, a, a job in the public sector again because I, I see it for what it is now. <laughs> so, well, I guess I sort of did back then also, but I made up all sorts of excuses for myself to, to you know, justify my actions as you do you know, it's, it's part it's of funny our, yeah it's funny you talk about this that the uh, the public sector um for those people that are a little bit more familiar with my views and my work um and you touched on it before at the beginning here asking lauren about homeschooling uh i am of solid belief that the um the state education system needs to be abolished and this is actually their biggest weapon against humanity <laughs> because they take your children away from you as early as the age of two, three, four, or five, depending on which country that you live in. And that is an attack on the family that downgrades your effect as a parent. You are literally outsourcing your parenting to a complete stranger who has your child locked in a classroom with complete and total 30 other strangers for eight hours a day doing low-grade clerical work, all under the guise of free education is a human right. And, yeah, and uh, it's so, anything so, but free. <laughs> anything but free, exactly, because as you well know, billions upon billions of, choose the currency of your country, goes into supporting that system. Yeah, and the teachers. This is this is where I was going to get to about being stuck in the public sector. Uh, the teachers that are going to take this orange pill are going to have a real tough time coming to terms with their role within society that they got tricked into doing to be the um, the puppet puppeteered by the invisible hand to look over and after these and safeguard these these kids under this guise and under this 
illusion that they are educating them and they are helping them and they are setting them up for a better life, whereas in actual fact, they're doing the complete opposite. And I have uh, a lot of compassion for people that are trapped in that system. And when they start taking this orange pill and realizing, I, I think there's going to be a lot of demons to face. And I saw this happen with uh, with John Taylor Gatto, and he talked about this extensively. And that's just one sector. That's just one sector. So what about everybody else, especially in that civil servant life, that um, are going to have to face these demons? Um, I mean, for me, I have to face the demons of I was feeding the beast for 18 years working in foreign exchange. You know, I saw, I started in the markets in 1995. I saw the demise of pretty much all of Europe's own currencies, you know, as the euro was bought in. And those people, I didn't even give a, a thought. All anybody was thinking on that trading floor was, how's this going to affect volumes? How's this going to affect commission? How's this going to affect brokerage? Not the people that had saved all of those pesetas have just been fucked. No one was thinking that. No one was thinking about the people that had, you know, saved as many drachmas as they could for their retirement, only to have, you know, be rug pulled and told overnight, seemingly, that now all of a sudden that currency that you'd saved your whole life for you'd expended your whole life's energy and workforce for is now means something else with a different person's head on the uh, on the front of the note and we are going to decide how much that is pegged to uh, your savings and it, it, it's it's frightening um go ahead it is uh reminds me of Gordon Gecko and the Wall Street movie if you remember that when I remember it very well we used to quote it every day on the trading floor can yeah. you? <laughs> and that's that yeah of course you did and uh Jordan Belfort and these characters yep. that I just people are still listening to that guy I mean didn't they yeah, see I the know. movie they, they he promotes some shitcoin and he's like they they still take his advice I mean didn't they learn it's, anything from the movie I I don't get it, it it's unbelievable but can somebody please uh, if you're watching this, please tag Stefan Levera, uh, because that's that's way better than uh, than anything I've seen Stefan uh, attempt. So, <laughs> and cheers. <Excellent. laughs> yeah, you know, speaking of these Gordon Gecko Belfort characters, that's yeah uh, a very common depiction of a, a bad guy in movies and literature is the the rich prick. Um, mm -hmm. You hear Larry David's talk, by the way, of how they're all... <laughs> pricks are always rich and schmucks are always poor. So I think I have a theory that Bitcoin enables the, the rich schmuck and the poor prick. <laughs> and, and we're the rich schmucks, or we will be whenever number goes up even more than it has. <laughs> uh, we would have been if we hadn't lost all our Bitcoins in boating accidents. And uh, rich at heart will be the poor schmuck. <laughs> no, the poor prick. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, jokes aside, the, these archetypical greedy capitalist villains, they're so, uh, I mean, they wouldn't exist if it wasn't for fiat because this, this type of Uncle Scrooge, you know, having a big vault and, and just stockpiling cash and, you know, being greedy in general, 
uh, that behavior will not be rewarded in a Bitcoin-denominated world. With the sound money, you don't have that type of... Of course, there's still greed, but you don't have that, that type of, you know, piggybacking off of others' <laughs> success like that. You know, money at no cost. Uh, closer to the monetary spigot. That that's where that comes from. That 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 type of um, that villain archetype comes comes from stems from fiat, and mm -hmm. it's all wrong because like uh, money is first and foremost an amplifier of the whatever personality you have. So if and if you can provide value to uh, many people, your personality traits can be amplified, and if you're altruistic by nature you can be good to more people and that's that's the world we're looking forward to i guess i think it's a reason why uh ayn rand's book atlas shrugged is so revered in our space because it's pretty much the only example of a book that you can point to that is the opposite to what you just described right the villains in that book are the politicians and the you know the um the parasites for for want of a better word and the, uh, the the heroes in that book are the the producers, and those that um, feel as though they've been uh, downtrodden, overregulated, and in the end just um, go off and and make their own parallel little system at Galt's Gulch. Uh, otherwise, you're completely right. Every other film, every other book, depicts the villain as the rich capitalistic pig, and it's completely warped people's imaginations and thoughts as to what capitalism actually is. And they just don't understand that we've never truly lived under a, a, a capitalist society. No, it's uh, it's so backwards and it's so weird. Yeah, I, I would count 1984 as, even though it's, it's not as, you know, 1984 doesn't really have heroes, but... Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's very good at pointing out how bad, uh, you know, good intentions can be. Mm -hmm. the Animal Farm as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Orwell in general is just so... I, I reread them every now, every once in a while because I find them so so beautifully written as well. There's still a lot to take away from that. I, I still believe that if you want to figure out how the world really works under the hood... You only need 1984 and The Emperor's New Clothes. Those are the only two books that you need to figure everything out, really. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, um, let's let, let's talk a little bit about what's what's happening now and uh, in our personal lives and where, where where our heads are at. But I mean, we we meet quite often now <laughs> nowadays, yeah. Daniel, and we do a lot of stuff together, and uh, I'm enjoying every second of it, and. We, me and Luke and Daniel had a, a, a hell of a time in, in Riga a couple of weeks back. So, so how, how was your Riga experience? Uh, I mean, we're two different people after all. So, so tell, yeah. tell us your version. Or three different yeah. people. I forgot you there again, Luke. Sorry about that. But we're <laughs> we're <laughs> tell me your version, Daniel. Uh, the, the most surreal moment of that whole weekend was hanging with you two in that uh i don't know was it like a kitchen or something that we were in uh i loved it yeah selling sell you were selling books and t-shirts and i was selling my uh choose life book and that's the first time 
I've ever customer faced with my own product. Yeah, second and I just, time for me. <laughs> and it, no, it's maybe weird. third time. <laughs> and 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 get this right. So that the first time, and I'm I'm only accepting Bitcoin. I think two pay, I think I sold 30 books and only two people paid in fiat. Some in pounds, which I then had to exchange with a, an English guy that was there. <laughs> yeah, was that Mandeval? Uh who had pounds, I think. I can't remember, man. Uh, I don't remember. Well, we Is had it Lord time. Snooty. It might have been Lord Snooty. Yeah, Lord uh, Snooty, probably. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and thank and then, you, Luke, once again for for covering for our asses. Uh, whenever me or Daniel got lazy and wanted to do something else or mingle <laughs> or do the dating service thing, we <laughs> we just shamelessly put Luke on the job and pre-signed a couple of books and let him stand in the book booth for a while and pretend to be us. So uh, how was that, Luke? When when we weren't around, what were the questions that were getting fired at you? It was fun. I mean, uh, where's Knut? That was the, the most common <laughs> question. But uh, but no, it was uh, a lot of uh, getting to know people. Uh, three, four, five at least uh, people. We exchanged Twitter handles and uh, stayed in touch and uh, just, just good to connect with people. This was my first in-person Bitcoin anything. Uh, so I, uh, I I really enjoyed it, and I wanted to get out to more more things. And uh, um, it was I mean it was great to be in the context of uh, of the books too, because that helped to to kind of open the conversation with uh, with some common ground. Because I think like in any situation, and Bitcoiners being a interesting group, maybe uh, we've all got one thing in common, but sometimes that's not even enough to get a conversation started, right? So it helped that way too. It's, it's Great. interesting you say that because uh, Kino, uh, you and I again uh, were, were approached by uh, a, a new initiative, a new app that's being put together to to help advise, and I jumped at the chance uh, because exactly to Luke's point here, when you meet Bitcoiners in real life, and there were a handful of NIMS at Riga and. Coming out is, you know, for want of a better term, coming out and, and meeting people. There's no going back for them once they've done that. Once they've actually met people in real life, and the same is going to happen in Amsterdam as well. And I, I can't push this. Yes, there is a strong need to be private, and there's a strong need to be uh, anonymous, but being lonely is a fucker and if you are literally the only person that thinks the way that you do in your immediate circle you're gonna find yourself in a very very dark place so being able to connect with like-minded people and you know to luke's point you're not going to agree on everything but you're going to agree on most of the core stuff and you'll find yourself in the most deepest meaningful conversations you've ever had in your life Sometimes without even a beer. <laughs> yeah, it happens, guys. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I'm I'm I, I'm definitely alluding to the fact that uh, you know, Orange Peel app is gonna be launched at the end of uh this month, I think. And uh both Canute and I have been helping um throw some ideas, you know, shit against the walls, see what sticks. But I think it's gonna be an awesome solution uh for those people that have been to the conference and then they want to make that network and they want to build that meetup or they want to build a, a small community or they want to 
just have that one guy close to them that they can go and orange pill cafes or bars or restaurants together with and um, find each other. And it's going to be the next step into the next two or three years, I think, that um, that just helps us all carry forward this message of Bitcoin in a much stronger fashion. Because if you're the one guy pissing into the wind, you need support. And you'll find support at these conferences. And it's just been such an incredible, heartwarming, soul-filling moment to to meet people that you've either never met before or only ever interacted with or on Twitter. It's indescribable. And I'm yeah, happy that uh, we've we've had the chance to interact uh, in in real life too. It makes the connection uh, a little yeah. different, as you say. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I hundred percent agree with you, Daniel. It's just it's weird because it feels like we have the luxury of being able to sort of handpick the best friends we could possibly have from yeah. a, a pool of friends from the entire fucking planet. We pick the absolute creme de la creme <laughs> and it's 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 just ridiculous and as you say that the conversations are so insanely valuable so two mm. two minutes two minutes with one of these uh bitcoiners is just worth yeah as i say two months of conversation with my mom uh <laughs> that's it's like <laughs> Hello, Mrs. I hope, 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 hope you're not listening to this, Mum. But yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> in terms of unpredictability, maybe <laughs> like, it's sort of yeah. My mum tends to be as a tad predictable sometimes. <laughs> anyway, love you, Mum. Um, yeah. So, so where are we now? What, what are we doing? I mean, we, we've already revealed that we were in Madeira, and mm -hmm. you, uh, and we've re revealed that we're uh, advising the Orange Pill app with mm -hmm. stuff, and that seems like a fun project. And you know, I know you're you're in sort of the same situation as me as, in terms of getting all these uh, suggestions from people, and the the more you know, video conferencing and social media matures, the easier these connections, it feels like it gets easier and easier to make these connections and just pitch ideas to whoever you want to pitch ideas to. And you get ideas from others. And uh, of course, it's a, it's a skill as well to curate your own content so you can actually follow up on stuff and not drown in, in bullshit. So, but uh, yeah, I, I I enjoy that right a lot. And we're, we're going to Amsterdam uh, in less than two weeks now, uh, yeah. so there's a conference there, and uh, uh, then I'm going to Bulgaria, but you're not. But you're coming to Prague, right, with mm -hmm. me? Yep. To the so so the Bitcoin conference in uh, in Amsterdam. There will be a panel about about the Madeira project, uh, which Daniel will will host, and it will be Daniel, me, and Troy Cross, Jeff Booth, and Andre Loja. Uh, who is the the founder of the Free Madeira project? The the only Madeiran in the project, and yeah, it's gonna be great. Uh, so we'll uh, looking forward to. What are, you, what are you happy to reveal? That that's the question. Before yeah. before before we do that panel, what what we it can was, reveal now? <laughs> well, it, it was no secret that we were there because uh, no, was it, it was Greg or Larry. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, picture. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we, we're sort of like, all right, we'll need to keep this a secret. And then there, then there were a couple of boomers in the room, and you know, the next day. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, boomers, but yeah, but that sort of that was sort of according to plan too. I think we're 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 yeah. sort of planting it, this seed. It, re it really didn't matter to to be no. honest. But for for those that aren't aware, um, the the backstory is Andre who um, you referenced just a second ago, born and raised on Madeira, uh, had a visit at one of his businesses. He owns the co-working business in Funchal, which, of course, accepts Bitcoin because he is a Bitcoin maximalist. And the president uh, was touring that because he was trying to get a gauge on digital nomads and uh, startups and you know how can we do more and attract more people to the island. And he saw the Bitcoin accepted sticker here and Andre jumped straight down his throat and tried to orange pill him as hard as he could. And basically that ended up in that becoming a, um, he contacted me and I spoke with the guys in Miami and there was a personal invitation to president, uh, Albuquerque and, uh, his cabinet, his head of cabinet and the head of the IBC international business center there to come across to Miami and meet a bunch of people. Uh, namely, uh, Michael Saylor, uh, Samson, Max, Kaiser, and Stacy, of course, because she's always in tow and ready to to orange pill as many people as she can. Uh, David Bailey, who obviously is a uh, head of BTC Inc. and um, you know throws the conference out there, and um, was impressed enough to even then get up on stage with Samson and announce that Madeira would be open and friendly towards uh, Bitcoiners and Bitcoin companies. That message was a little bit um, unpolished because it was pretty quick in his own journey into understanding what Bitcoin was. But ever since they got back onto the island, myself and my wife and our kids, we've visited and met again with uh, President uh, Miguel. And then Andre invited yourself, myself, a bunch of others, including Jeff Booth and uh, Lawrence Lepard, Troy Cross and uh, Greg Foss and Obi Nwosu. And I can't do everybody justice here. There was about 12 or 13 of us taking some very high-level meetings, which were very, very interesting. And there is going to be an announcement in Amsterdam about the organization that is being put in place and the plans that are being put in place to help educate uh, the, the people of Madeira and the people that live outside of Madeira because there's a hell of a lot of uh, foreigners, diaspora, I think, diaspora, yeah. um, people that have left the island. So there's a big remittance uh, thing going on there. Many of them live in venezuela for example so that yeah there are more huge... more madeirans in venezuela than on madeira which is right. uh, way more so there's so like the, a million of them in venezuela the educational opportunities there are ripe and the time is ripe and uh we have consensus network on the island that are doing all of the books uh that they can find into different languages namely portuguese namely canutes namely mine uh, yeah. Luke is very, very close to the project as well with, with Consensus. Yeah, you and know, uh, th those of you that listened to the pod before, you know Nico. Uh, it, Nico is not here with us anymore. I don't, I don't think he'll be uh, participating in the pod as much in the future. 
unfortunately. So, uh, but he'll be doing other stuff. Uh, yeah, because he's busy he's, as all hell. He's very busy. He's the, <laughs> he's the CEO of Consensus Network. And it's, they're publishing, we have to shield Yoni's book as well, which is coming out mm -hmm. hopefully before Christmas. So, uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of good stuff coming from there. So. I can't wait for Yoni's book to drop. Uh, and that is no, going to be, gonna be awesome. right. Yeah. It's going to be in my Christmas stocking. And it's going to be paid with Bitcoin via the Lightning Network with consensus. It, that fills me with joy, being yeah. able to do that. That is such a special feeling. Yes. Uh, oh, I need to make another announcement while we're speaking about Yoni. Uh, I talked to Guys One today. I talked to Yoni today. And we're in the midst of editing a new video, uh, a video rendition of the, the Element Zero chapter from my latest book. And it's coming out soon. So hopefully we'll have that done before Amsterdam. And I can't wait to show you guys this one. Uh, I love it. It's man. Element Zero, th that chapter yeah. is an awesome chapter. Thank you, thank you, and it's even better with moving pictures attached to it. And I managed to, you know, you know, Yoni is not not as active as I am on Twitter, so I managed to sneak a whole bunch of memes, uh, little meme snippets into this video. And those who know know, like, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. <Easter> eggs. <laughs> getting there though, and uh, I mean, uh, it was great talking with him uh, a couple of episodes ago. So I, yeah, really excited yeah. to see everything. He's got he a fresh perspective. Him. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. If you don't know Yoni Appleberg, follow follow him. But back to you, Daniel. We're, um, mm -hmm. I mean, we're we're coming back to Madeira. Uh, uh, both of our families. I think you you're coming down there a little later than I am. Uh, let's not reveal too much. <laughs> but but we're both uh, involved in the project and uh yeah it's going to be it's going to be great to finally be able to talk about it after after amsterdam and uh to i'm see looking what forward we can to the panel here. i'm yeah. looking forward to the panel i i want to get to questions and answers as soon as i can i i'm, I'm hoping to field the plebs questions and see what um the sentiment is out there you know what are they expecting what are they hoping what are their concerns you know more, yeah. more importantly um so that's going to be cool because we will be able to directly answer a, a lot of um, of those questions. So it's going to be um, yeah, it's going to be cool. Yeah, having having said all all this and all that about uh, about this project and uh, we uh, yeah and about El Salvador and, and Central African Republic and all of these things, mm -hmm. what we have to remember is that regardless of what some government decides or or whatever some organization promotes or whatever uh bitcoin is still a grassroots movement and it still mm -hmm. takes all of us to make it happen so it is important for you to to orange build the cab driver it is important for you to orange build the bartender and so on and you can take it a step further if you're if you're out with a big group of people say like 10 people and you go to restaurants and you ask them if they accept bitcoin no matter where on the planet you are you should you should if, if they say no you'll just say okay thank you very much then we'll, we'll find another place uh so <laughs> you, you can also and and you can also say like things like if you accept bitcoin we'll pay you 20 percent more i mean yep you can do all sorts of things start my favorite is the the tipping yeah the tipping is good but you can take it a step further that's what i'm you saying can. like you, you can yep. 
you can say like, all right, well, we are Bitcoiners. We are going to sort of boycott places that don't accept Bitcoin from now on. And good luck not accepting it in the future. <laughs> and I remember one, one epic moment in Riga at the, what's it called? The Cuba Cafe, where uh, we visited. This was in the beginning of, I don't think you had arrived yet. But right. we were there and like uh, asked him if he, the bartender if he accepted Bitcoin. And like, oh, no. no. <laughs> and we're like, are you kidding me? You don't know about this thing? This this place was packed with Bitcoiners every night last time. Like, and that was three years ago. So everyone's right. been building up momentum for three years for this conference. So you have a whole week of like Bitcoiners flocking to your bar. And you're not going to accept Bitcoin. They're just going to go somewhere else. So you better start accepting it. Accepting it. And yeah, a couple of minutes later, he had a wallet. He started accepting Bitcoin. <laughs> and That's awesome. We and we went to another bar anyway. <laughs> <laughs> to orange pill them. You, you, yeah. you, you felt so confident you could now orange pill absolutely anybody, right? Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But baby steps, like small st uh, small step for one bar, but a giant leap for some other fucking bar. <laughs> it's a tougher nut to crack in, in some places, though, right, where there's just absolutely no retail adoption. But I think uh, your ideas of, say, doing a tip or the 20% more or something like that, I think those are tangible ideas. I, I mean, I've yet to find anywhere in Finland that accepts uh, anything uh, except person-to-person like, -person or something like that. So... Hmm. Yeah. Right, there were some more but it is uh, as daniel says it's like pissing in the wind if you're alone if mm. if you're 10 people or if you're orange pilling uh, if you're a flock of orange pillars that's that's way more effective than just being one we person are. we're, we're a, a flock, flock of not, orange <laughs> not not a gaggle i, I thought we were a, a pride <laughs> a pride of uh, orange pillars because we're all lions come pride. on Joe. All yes. right, you're you're extending my vocabulary here with these fancy terms. Yeah. <laughs> you're making uh, me gaggle. <laughs> we Yeah, I mean Oh, there was a point I was gonna make here about this, but it's completely escaped me now. Now we've got on to uh naming groups of um of animals. <laughs> You know the thing with the with all the Madeira talk, though, just uh, maybe to help get you back to your point, Daniel. Uh, what what I love to see about that is is just uh, and, and hearing the story is how it happened so so quickly. It could just happen anywhere so quickly, mm -hmm. right? And and uh, there's a real hopefulness there that uh, you you get one place that starts to become really good for Bitcoin and. You know, Bitcoiners will go there. I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to to visiting Madeira. It's certainly closer than El Salvador is, or Central African Republic. It's closer than that one, but uh, it's a hell of a lot safer too. Yeah, I haven't heard uh, many good things about the Bitcoin community there yet, unfortunately. But um, but 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 it's it, it's just hopeful, right? It's it it's it might be an island. El, El Salvador might be. Uh, a small country in in Central America, but it's it's going to have outsized influence in the, the future here. And uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm liking seeing things like this Orange Bill app. It sounds kind of like LinkedIn for Bitcoiners or something like that. And ooh, yeah, yeah, but that's sort of an insult. <laughs> <Is it? laughs> there would be no virtue signaling on the Orange Bill app. 
<laughs> well, isn't that up, uh, up to everyone to decide and then the community to mock the virtue signaling, something like that? Uh, yeah, yeah. So so the in that sense, there'll be virtue signaling, but like LinkedIn is, uh, yeah, it's, it's so... It's so ridiculous these days, at least my feed. I don't know if I have crappy old workmates or or something, but there's so much virtue signaling going on at, on LinkedIn and people are trying to to gain these political points and uh, look at me, I'm, I'm such a good guy. Uh, I'm sharing this speech here by this teenager or, or whatever. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> It's depressing. Yeah, and then the results of uh, I, I prefer the the Twitter memes that talk about the results of listening to a, a teenager, and suddenly your energy policy is uh, uh, yeah not in such good shape. No but names, no, no names. names. <laughs> Although she 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 definitely needs orange pilling. She, did you just assume her gender? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I am sorry. Yes. I. She by the way, I think that. that's what happened to Nord Stream too. It started identifying as female. Mm. That's that that's my be. theory. Yeah. Is that why it was cancelled? Uh, I, I don't know, but it has three holes in it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, this is getting way too stupid. Well, silly, start, silly, well, silly. That'll be the, the opening clip. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Luke. Uh, Luke no, how many yeah. shows deep are you? Luke knows exactly like it's bam. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. As long as you don't open with a f- some fucking Viking reference, Luke, and I'm fine. <laughs> well, hey, you made it this time now, so I guess I'm we're supposed here. to be we're supposed to be drinking beer from horns. I thought that's what we were doing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I would be drinking beers, but I I ran out of them, so I don't have any at the moment. And it's Sunday here, so everything's closed. <laughs> yeah, I figured something out. I mm-hmm. don't think you've mirrored your screen. And I see that because your mempool t-shirt didn't left have to right the... instead of yes. right to left. Exactly. So so because you didn't mirror your screen, it's the correct way because they didn't add that function until after you got that t-shirt, right? No, very cool. That's an observation. There you go. <laughs> it's it's my favorite right now, it's my favorite Bitcoin t-shirt. It, it's uh oh it's so um yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Kinnock. <laughs> and I, you know, actually, huge apologies, mate. I was stood next to you in that booth for hours on end, and I didn't buy one of your t-shirts, and I just felt didn't so. Didn't I give you one? That. No. Uh, what? I didn't give you a t-shirt. No. So what we will fuck? make we will make this we will make this right yeah. now for them because, yeah. mate, like we said at the beginning, it's so weird to us to be doing that stuff that you it just is. like forget basic shit like. Um, and Jimmy Song, just... Jimmy Song just tagged along and and stood there with us for a while as well. That yeah. was also weird. When <laughs> in hindsight, I didn't think about it much when it happened, but like, there, okay, like, that happened. It's Jimmy Song. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> <That's> fucking amazing. <laughs> that was cool. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've I've been liking your work because and and uh i don't think i this would have come up but but i i was i was homeschooled vast majority of my my education and uh i'm not sure it was necessarily the the same exact uh level of rigor i'll say um maybe to put it uh, to put it lightly and i hope my parents are watching but uh 
uh, it's it's a miracle that I can even form complete sentences. But that's that's <laughs> that, that's really too oh, hard. You you can. <laughs> yeah, did, did I finish that one? I'm not. Says I'm not says sure. the guy that couldn't think of a question. But go ahead, Luke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll keep on muting myself. Okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll keep it muted for a while. No, but but I think I think what I've uh, well, okay, actually, I'll 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 back up and I'll tell you the mm -hmm. when I was uh, thinking of trying to do some kind of devil's advocate thing for the public schooling and all this. Uh, I was I was looking up all the reasons why Finland's education system is is so good. First result to come up is from weforum.org, and so I'm I'm just going to abandon that particular line, um, <laughs> except for just the the briefest comment in that the the Finnish education system specifically is supposed to be one of the best worldwide, and and because it does some things fairly differently. Uh, I'm not really going to comment on um, the exact outcomes, and and of course everyone has their own opinion of their own education system. But is there any part about the education system, the the, the idea of, of kids at least being out in a specific community type thing, uh, that you think should be incorporated in some other model in the way you forward and maybe this actually was a sorry this is rambling maybe this is actually a way of saying what is the ideal education system if you um if you could get rid of the current one there we go That's getting rid of the word system is the is the the absolute first thing that we need to do that's got to go you know you know learning isn't systematic learning is natural we need to embrace this idea that the the kids are going to be okay if we can just get over this idea that the only place and the only way they can learn is if we lock them in a room together and sh you know spoon feed shit down their necks because it doesn't work it's anti learning it's completely it's totally antithetical to humanity there's no way in the, this this idea of Force feeding facts down kids' necks is only about 150 to 200 years old. That is a tiny blip. That is a speck of dust on the history of you know uh, the, the humanity's timeline. So, like getting kids together, yet yeah, like people say, oh, they have to go to school because they need to learn how to socialize. That's the biggest fud. That's the um, you know, the, the Bitcoin balls, the oceans fud of the um, you know, the, the equivalent. Um, look, getting kids together in, in in groups is a great thing, but not exactly the same age. From a very tiny um, kind of uh, demographic of of where you live, like i.e. the town you grew up, getting kids together of all different ages from all different parts of the 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 country or the world or whatever and whether that is in real life or whether that is in a on a zoom call or something that's that's beneficial that's great as long as there's no system behind it as long as there's no kind of hidden agenda because that's what these are they're agendas they're not curriculums these curriculums we get sold on they're agendas they're agendas pushed down 
through the through the politicians because it comes from above these agendas these agendas come from the lobbyists they come from the people in the power of that time and and right now it certainly seems the people holding the most power over everybody are the pharmaceutical companies and that is getting pushed all the way down through into our schools and this is where we get this idea of there being three sexes and it's just complete and utter nonsense and it's dangerous but if those systems were not in place and that yeah what is the perfect well there is no yeah there is no perfect solution it's go ahead canoe you're ready to jump in uh, yeah, well, well, finish finish your thoughts first. Yeah, okay. Um, the, the, and it's it's getting comfortable with that idea that there is no perfect solution. And people are going to learn at different speeds and people are going to learn different things in in different depths because we're all different. This is the whole idea of division of labor. Division of learning is the exact same thing. If I'm going to get pulled off down. Like, look at us now. We're all Bitcoiners, but we all get pulled into this like funnel to use legacy marketing language. We're all at the top of the funnel, bouncing around. Bitcoin's the thing, yay. And as soon as we start getting funneled down a little bit closer to each other, we start making different little subgroups and bouncing ideas off of each other. Then we're gone again because like, oh, fuck me. Look, John's down the spiritual and religious rabbit hole. Should I follow him or not? Or Max is down the, we need to be as private as fuck rabbit hole. Should I follow him or not? Canute's down the like um, like element zero rabbit hole. And I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, what, what does that even mean? Where do I go? Where do I find myself? And you will find yourself pulled where you need to go and where you want to go and what interests you the most. Not, right, okay, today you're doing physics. Then tomorrow you're doing math then the day after and then getting interrupted every fucking 45 minutes because somebody else has stolen your fucking time and told you where to be for 15 years of your life the most monumental 15 years of your life has been stolen and planned for you and it's sick and until we completely smash that system we will never regain humanity as the, the the way that we foresee it as as Bitcoiners, and uh, yeah. So go ahead, Canute. There's my little rant. Love it. Lo I completely <laughs> love it. Uh, I, I would say I would. The only thing I would add is like the. It's up to each and every parent how they want to raise their ch child. That's that's the one hundred percent. One hundred percent. But when the state force compulsory schooling on you. Yeah, they've taken and, that away. They've smashed yeah, they have. your. They've completely smashed your relevance. They kidnapped your kids, but totally. But then again, mate, mate like I, don't I, brush over that. That is kidnapping. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying it casually, but it's really a disaster. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> it's it's like saying taxation is theft. Uh, right, like that's also a disaster. <laughs> mm -hmm. Inflation is theft. That's also the biggest disaster of them all. But we talk about them casually because, like, what the hell? We're, this is the this is the only world we've known. We grew up in it, 
so we don't even realize how how hideous these crimes are. <laughs> no. uh, but the thing is, in in a world where the parents can get to choose, uh, some some parents will homeschool, but there will always always be a big market for you know good places to put your children for a couple of hours every day, because uh, adults need uh, <laughs> me time. <laughs> where they can work yep. or have sex or do anything that is hard to pull off when there are kids around all the time, you know? So you, yep. so you, there will it be is hard to pull point. off when there are kids around all the time. You're right. <laughs> so, so, so that there is a big market opportunity for, for like taking care of other people. And imagine if and that were a free market. Stuff. Yeah. Because then the parents could, could see what, what kind of children come out the other end. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, are, are they <laughs> no good losers or like, are these the people we want to, our kids to be? And a free, so a free market solves that. Mm -hmm. uh, and the only way to have a free market is to have sound money and a global yep. sound money. That's the only way we can utilize all of our, the price mechanisms and, you know, the power of human minds uh, so in a, in a free market think about this right now that the, the way the system sets up there's one chemistry teacher per x amount of tens of thousands of kids right yeah this is nonsense you know this is absolutely fucking nonsense in a free market and let's let's just put bitcoin on top of this in a free market where the chemistry, the guy that loves teaching chemistry and wants to mentor kids with chemistry can roll up in town, buy the house he wants, and offer the service he wants to be, you know, um, able to teach kids either privately or in small groups and run experiments. And so can the other 50 guys that love doing that as well. And yeah. it, you don't even need to be better than the other guy because it's not about that. It's about the kids learn in certain ways and they will just gravitate towards that mentor that teaches in that certain way that most gels with them rather than one chemistry teacher, this school for the next 50 years and your fucking pension depends on it. Let's go. That's yeah. a disastrous, disastrous situation. Yeah. If I, if I was a chemistry teacher, I wouldn't do anything like the normal chemistry teachers do it i would just you know right for, force the kids into a theater tell them to watch breaking bad on 1.5 times speed and binge watch it five times in a <laughs> row all five seasons and let the let that work it's magic there you go how would you how would you and maybe how would kids, you uh, coming out the other end wouldn't uh, be very good at chemistry so they won't uh, send their kids to you anymore yeah and you would probably go bankrupt and you have to you'd have to live with that but that was yeah. free market dynamics. But well, but you know, that's, that's the yeah. way of but, saying, you know, like, if you if you put actually put value for value into this into this thing, right? Because right now with a state education system, I mean, maybe maybe there there are cases where you have private schooling. But the the irony actually with private schooling might be that the <laughs> parents are more invested that their kids get a good outcome. Uh, but the point is, I think with the public type schooling, right, the money just comes from everyone's taxes and and no one thinks mm -hmm. about what is the actual value they're getting out and if if families are paying a little bit but but what they value for their children's education well then maybe they uh, actually have a have a good uh, in put a good investment into it and uh, and find uh, the right teachers and uh, things that actually work 
So private education is just like you know you you you, you still have to start you still have to follow the state agenda to a very very close degree. You as a parent are now paying fifteen to twenty thousand euros dollars corona whatever it is per year as well as the taxes that you pay anyway to fund the state education system and look at the incentives of the private school the, the private school is basically just there to attract more students the next year so what do they do they just absolutely drill the students with um exam prep so they get uh the it's not about learning it's about exam prep exam prep exam prep exam prep exam prep exam prep bam past that everybody's got a's and b's great because now we're going to attract the next wave of students that are going to come in the next year because this is a for-profit school exam prep that's that's all it was especially in the that that's how i would uh, summarize my public school experience in one one word <laughs> if you were good at you know figuring out how exams work yep. work then you yeah that's the skill you learn you you get really good at doing exams which is a skill in itself mm-hmm. well, and that's that's how i made it through the education system i had because there were kind of these check-in exams every three grades and they started to get serious at the uh, ninth grade and uh, the, the the grade 12 was was really really the big one but i i i was good at test taking i just was good at it and and uh um everything else i i mean i i think i completely ignored my education system until it started to get uh like the reason i i did the last couple of grades in the public system was because i was worried i would i would get to university and have no clue what to do i i didn't study i didn't do any of that and and i I was i was probably a little unfair at the beginning the the thing about my quote education system was that i did whatever the heck i wanted to do and and uh, i i read lots of books i i was enabled with a library card and uh and I'll, i'll give my my parents credit for for that part but the the part that was actually i must learn this bit it's like okay like Here's some random fact. Oh, I guess I'll remember that and uh, try to regurgitate it. And uh, I'm, I'm completely sure none of that time was useful at all. Try and regurgitate no. it like a performing monkey as well, right? It, this is the um, w- yeah. My so I, I had to take my daughter Sophia, who's 15, to a control two weeks ago because the the homeschooling. Um, Nazi board here in France uh, keep a very very close eye on us, uh, you know, threats to society. And she sat down in front of the history teacher, and the first thing she asked her was, "What date did the First World War start?" I'm like, "My fucking god, really? You're asking a homeschooled kid that question? Like, you you have no idea the country she's been to. You like that? You just like you've no idea the experiences she's had." She loves history. Ask her a different question. But no, they're so blinkered, completely yeah, yeah. blinkered. And that's not yeah. a curriculum, guys. It's an agenda. No. No, exactly. Uh, I have a question about the, um, the, the, the private mm-hmm. public schooling dichotomy that exists today in the fiat world. Because in, in Sweden, the, the, now during the... Up, the 
before the elections, the the left wing parties had a big like they like to point out all the problems with pri- private schooling, mm-hmm. and they leave out this part that it's 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 just public schooling in, in disguise because they yeah. point to all this that these private schools do not live up to this and this and they uh, you know that they segregate people more and they they have the, that that kind of narrative around it i don't know how how that is in the uk or in france for that matter but um is there a similar thing going on there with like uh, left wingers hating hating on private schools and it's it's all sort of just a facade for for, for something else you you're always going to have it you're always going to have it uh, because it could, it's division, right? So it's it's infiltrated and the division is created and it yeah. will come up in mainstream media when it needs to come up in mainstream media. Um, in, it's just <laughs> funny story. In the UK, private school is actually called public school. Go figure that out. <laughs> so, <laughs> So like Eton and yeah. and these other places that, that it's a public he's he's a public school boy that has a public education don't you know right. <laughs> I you mean, by the way I private <laughs> by by the way like I vividly remember seeing Pink Floyd's The Wall for the first time when I was sixteen right. I'd never seen anything like it I I was in France at the moment like uh, mm-hmm. visiting with uh, some friends of my parents and. Uh, we watched the wall for the first time, and when 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 the kids walked down into the meat grinder, mm-hmm. and it's still it's just that image just stuck in my head. And like, we don't need your education and dark sarcasm in the classroom and all this. Yep. It's like, oh shit, you can you can view. That's like the first time it clicked for me that you can view education as not a good thing, but a bad thing because it because education doesn't have to be what it's advertised to be. Education it could be in uh, someone's agenda and. The older I get, the, the more I realize how much of an agenda it was. It's it's all that. I you know um, I urge anybody to watch that movie. Just go to YouTube and put in original uh, Pink Floyd the Wall video. And uh, well, well, uh, you should watch the entire movie. It's a great movie. It's depressing as fuck, but it's a great movie. It it, it truly is. And uh, yeah, and the the album is great as well, of course. Mm. Yeah. Mu- they don't make music like that in <laughs> these days. Though. I mean, yeah, it's just I love it. Yeah, it's awesome. And when was that? Late seventies, eighty-two. It's from eighty-two. Right. I had to look it up for the book right. because I, I reference so, it in the book. So they were onto it in nineteen eighty-two. What's changed with twenty twenty-two? Yeah, uh, good question. More of the same. <laughs> I guess even worse. Longer days, yeah, less and holidays. It's, it's it's hard as fuck to to get. Uh, you know, if you want to go somewhere in the middle of a semester, like uh, would like to take the kids here for four four weeks. Uh, uh, lots of parts of the ask EU. That permission, yeah, and and yep. you 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 won't get it in Sweden. Like no, you one get week fined per, in the UK. Yeah. You get fined. Yeah. If you take your child out of school two days before the end of term, just because you've got a better deal on the hotel and the flights and you've got, you know, maybe that's the only days that you can get off work because everybody else is trying to rotate. This is such a fiat fucking world. Like, um, I remember it sitting at my desk. Okay. Who's going to have Christmas with the kids this year? 
who should ever have to make that fucking decision? Right? This is retarded. It, it, it's, it's completely uh, retarded. And you know, yeah. in, the, in the beginning of COVID, when, when no one knew what it was really, and uh, it was kind of a scary time. Uh, uh, you know, I took the opportunity of taking my kids off school as soon as mm -hmm. I could and just kept them mm -hmm. home. Like, why the fuck are they? Like, <laughs> if they don't have to, then why? But then all of a sudden, like you know, Sweden has had fewer mandates than other most other countries. Yep. But but they still told everyone that if you're in a risk group and uh, if you're blah blah blah, you should stay off and blah 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 blah. But it was still extremely important for them that the kids went to school. That was the most important thing. But like schools are. <laughs> They're full of germs. <laughs> I mean, everyone who's a parent knows that when the kids come home from school, that's where you get the diseases from. So, like, but that was the most important thing. We keep the schools open. We let the kids go there so and, and catch it there. Because that that's, like, on top of their agenda. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, uh, we both read a, a really good book on schooling by one of our newfound favorite authors, Murray Rothbard, uh, a couple of months yes. back. What what's it called? Remind me again. Education, of the free and compulsory. Free and compulsory. Yeah, uh, a really good book. And so if you're into the Austrian economics rabbit hole, that's one you should tick off your list, definitely. And um, you can find it on Fountain as a podcast because uh, the Mises Institute now release podcast style audio books. Yeah, so perfect. You can Stream them some sats. I'm sure they're like yeah. enabled. I, I yeah. think it's on YouTube as well. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. I, I think that's where I listen to it. And I'd and like Jeff, to. Jeff Deist is going to be at the uh, Free Cities. Oh, um, yeah. He is looking in, forward in to seeing him. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's going to be great. And uh, there's another one by Hopper called um, uh, Economic Science and the Austrian Method. Okay. And that's a really dense book, really, really good. Uh, Max Hillebrand uh, recommended uh, it to me. Naturally. It was his favorite favorite Hopper book. And it was so, so good. Uh, he makes the case for, you know, deductive reasoning being a better, better method of science in general, not only for praxeology, but for sort of every science branch out there. Like, And if you really think about it, Mathematics has nothing to do with empirical evidence. It's just rationality, or it's very close to praxeology in that sense. It's it's just deductive reasoning and nothing else. You take some certain self uh, self evidence axioms for granted, uh, and you take them to be true, and then you just use logic to go to to get to your conclusions, and that's way better than empirical evidence based science because empirical evidence every anything based on empirical evidence can never be better than uh like this is the best theory we have at the moment and until something better comes along this is what we're going to go with that was what what newton was that was what what einstein was but they have all both been proven off <laughs> you know and slightly wrong so yeah, there is a better way of doing science than the way we do it now, and uh, yeah, There's imagine no a, imagine a world in which praxeology is taken into account in all of these universities. Uh, well, there wouldn't be a university universities to begin with, I think. But it, it, 
all of these think um, think tanks had had their um, had their praxeology, you know, in order before before they even started trying to do science. Because I, I really th- uh, once once you study praxeology, you 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 quickly get to the conclusion that you need that in order to find truth in in anything else, really. Yeah. Should we talk about the? Um, w- I think you were part of the conversation where, with Max, we were in Riga at the uh, the Bitcoin Reserve after party thing up in that in that bar where we were having something to eat, and we uh, were talking about how did we get to this point? We got to the point where the the Bitcoin blockchain. If you and I, if all three of us here can agree on the the current Bitcoin blockchain, like the height, time of the blockchain, the time chain, excuse me. If we can agree on the current height of the time chain and we all agree on the same number, then that is proof of life or proof of consciousness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But motherfucking but thing, Max Hillebrand was. Dying. <laughs> I was like, yeah, but what? but the thing is, like, I I had tons of hours of like <laughs> most of my time in Riga I spent with, with you know doing these philosophical deep dives with Max and Gigi and and Giacomo, and it's just and Izzy as well. Shout out yeah, to and, Izzy. and Izzy. Like, yeah, yeah. My Izzy. goodness, where did yeah, that guy, guy come from? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, such great times! I can't yeah, believe, I can't wait to release Izzy on the on the on the Bitcoiners. Uh, but but the thing, the proof of life thing there. Um, I always, uh, or f- for for more than a year now, when when people ask me what what is Bitcoin, that that question that we inevitably will run into as bi- public Bitcoiners, my current answer is it's an agreement between people on a fixed set of rules, and that's all it needs to be. So, so the the thing is, all other rules that we agree on can be changed, and these can't. They are fixed. <laughs> they can only be changed if everyone agrees on that change, and it's completely different from from uh, democracy. It means that Bitcoin can only get better over mm-hmm. time, because the the worst thing that can happen is that it stays the same, or yep. it gets better. And, and that is so profound because, by extension, that means that humanity can only get better from this point onward. Because we have Bitcoin, <laughs> so so that's why I choose to be an optimist. I mean, yeah, war in Russia and Ukraine, and you know, global laming and all of these problems we have—they're everywhere. But we have Bitcoin, so fuck you. I mean, we're we're, <laughs> we're, we're we've got this. We've got this. <laughs> I love that term global laming. Uh, I've never heard of that yeah. one. That's awesome. <laughs> it's it's from South Park. It's not my my original term, but it's so good. There's uh, there's an e- episode where everyone starts driving hybrid cars and and they <laughs> and, and they pass each other and they close their eyes and they go like, mm, "You know that your gas guzzler is bad for the environment and stuff like that." And and, and Cartman has to move no, Kyle has to move to California. Where everyone smells their own farts, they they fart into wine glasses and smell their own farts. That's what they do all day. Uh, and then you have like some weatherman predicting us the perfect storm because there's the smugness of San Francisco and the smugness of the hybrid cars coming together. 
And then you have George Clooney's acceptance speech from the Oscars, which was like the smuggest thing ever. So, so, so it's going to be a big smug cloud, and you know what that can lead to? Global laming. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so are, are that's we, the threat. <laughs> are we gonna? Are we gonna have to do this now? Are we gonna have to I expose what cars we drive? <laughs> I drive a hybrid. I drive a. <laughs> <laughs> I drive a. I drive a crappy Toyota. Toyota Auris, a small, cheap car. <laughs> That's what I drive. Love it. You have, you have a big one, right? You have a Jeep or something. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. A Land Cruiser. A Land Cruiser. A Land yeah. Cruiser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's only twenty-two years of age. And uh, yeah, girls with a lot of <laughs> gas, but I can I can get all the kids in it, and that's what I need. Yeah, yeah, you're your parents you own a car that's uh, that's younger than Bitcoin, right? <laughs> no, I don't uh, own a car, by the way, but I don't have I don't no. have any kids, so I think that's got something to do with it. No, the environmentalists want us wants us to buy new cars every every year, year or two. Yes, of course. Uh, so yeah. to, to so um, there are uh, less emissions. Yeah, of course, yeah. of course. Yeah, brilliant. It's nothing to do with anything else, really. It's, no, it's your. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, what, what you were saying. <laughs> sure, sure. I just want to, uh, a last thing on this proof of life thing was uh, this kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, everything that uh, Jason Lowry has been talking about with uh, with Breedlove, with uh, all of this uh, proof of power stuff. But he had, a, he had a really good one about proof of stake versus proof of work. And the the point he was making, at least the part that stuck with me, is that uh, you have things that are actually real, and you have things that are imaginary, and it's it's crazy, right? The three of us have been in the same meat space together and and interacted together, and so I know you both exist, at least if the entire world isn't just a simulation in my mind. And so let's not go there. But but everything else that we're we, doing, we could. <laughs> it, it, this would be a good simulation i guess but um everything everything else everything we're doing the screen here the, like we're, we're looking at each other through things that don't physically exist even this video and, and and all that right yeah and and then the whole thing about the stake not existing was the the root point and i encourage anyone uh, uh not convinced about uh ethereum uh, being a shit coin at this point to to go check that out. Uh, the, the mother asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, the Cardano is is actually the asshole. If you've if you've been seeing the memes about that, how the logo looks like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's not talk about shit coins. We're not going to give them even that on this show. I yeah. think. No, no, we'll get we'll Agreed. get flagged as not being actual yeah. maxis. But but um, the 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 whole thing I find interesting though is like if you can tie something to Bitcoin, then are you actually real? And then it gets into a whole weird thing though. The rules, the rules of Bitcoin, are they actually real or not? Right? Yeah. It, but but well, I, I would say like Bitcoin is the first time that something that. Emerged from the internet has been able to manifest itself directly on map onto the to the space outside it, and not the other way around. It's always been that we've taken stuff from the outside world and made it into information, and and put it into these little pixel pixels on on the screen here through the through the computer that that you know. <laughs> 
takes takes our conversations and crunches it down into numbers and makes graphics or whatever out of it so we can enjoy whatever we enjoy on the computer or use it for whatever use case but it's always been outside world coming into the computer and being being becoming information and this is this bitcoin is the complete opposite it's information you know somehow manifesting itself in physical reality uh, and it's so, it's so fucking weird because it truly is uh, something from within this computer network which is really us as well so it's it's from us but it's from a different place it feels like it's from somewhere deeper within us than than the other stuff and it's it's a bit like what we always say daniel like living the meme <laughs> and we're memeing things into reality. We make a joke, and then all of a sudden we find ourselves in the midst of the joke the, the couple of months later, uh, and it's so fucking weird to, to to live through. But but that's sort of all all Bitcoin is. It's a meme that manifests itself in in reality and changes the way we interact with each other. And yeah, I, I yeah, endlessly fascinated by it <laughs> by by. By the, the the very fact that you can still have deeper and deeper conversations about that that, that doesn't end the rabbit holes are literally bottomless. You can go uh, as deep as you want with every every single strange aspect of it, and it's so weird. Anyway, me, this is like a, a quick attempt to yeah maybe okay. let me <laughs> yeah yeah sure one last thing one last thing like if if we. Uh, can analogize this, and this is probably a slightly poor analogy, but the if you take a gold bar, right, and you you stamp it with something, and you say it weighs a certain amount of kilograms or something, also an idea, by the way, but or you take that bar and you melt it down into coins, and you say these coins are a certain weight, something like that. Gold still exists; the element still exists, right? Uh, apart from the idea encapsulation. Of it, right? So is is Bitcoin maybe something like the underlying discovery or invention? Doesn't really matter what the rules are, right? It, it's just it's that that's the the frame that the uh, discoverer put upon it. But the yeah, yeah I but, think I think I'll stop there because it'll get. But a little... the, oh, you're you're getting me going now. You know, this <laughs> I mean, it's all it's all about the frame. Uh, so so I I think it's binary like. Either we found absolute scarcity or we didn't. And uh, I'm willing to accept that there's still a slight, slight chance that I'm completely wrong <laughs> and I've devoted my life to a nothing burger and we never we never discovered absolute scarcity. But right now, there's nothing pointing to that. It's pointing to the opposite. It's pointing to that this thing is actually working and we actually discovered the, uh, absolute scarcity. And we, we've... Which is, by the way, is the same thing as finding a solution to the double spending problem. That's all it is. Absolute scarcity is absolutely connected to the double spending problem. Whenever you use a an inflationary currency or something else than this thing that solved the double spending problem, you are double spending something somewhere or parts of something. Inflation is a partial double spend. So the latest latest way I put it is like you can't double solve the double spending problem. <laughs> it can't be double solved. It could be solved once. Uh, <laughs> so so uh, 
yeah so so in that case it's all about the framing because then as i said all bitcoin is 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 this agreement on the fixed set of rules and the other analogy i use these days is the the chess board uh the the rules of chess uh if you play by the consensual rules of chess you can play with millions and millions of players around the world if you change the rules slightly even if you're a chess committee with stamps and stuff and uh, <laughs> suits <laughs> even even those guys can't change the rules of chess most players will play by the legacy rules that w around which there's a there's consent uh, and I, I like the analogy of Bitcoin Cash being chess played on a 64 times 64 squared board with the same amount of pieces as you or fewer <laughs> as you had in normal chess. So that's what it is. It doesn't improve the game at all to play with a bigger board. It just makes it harder for people to buy the bigger board because that's mm -hmm. a, where, where are they going to put the board? Uh, and that's and, what the uh, you know bigger block size is. <laughs> and if you think about the miners, are the ones that make the pieces. If they start making different pieces, no one's going to play the game because no. you can't play the game if you don't have the knight and you don't have the bishop and you don't have the rook and you don't have the pawns. No, it's got to be the same pieces. Yeah, you can play other games. You can play chess with only pawns and kings. You can play chess without the rooks or whatever. Which these are the shit coins. You can play with a a whole bunch of other, or like you might even find two hundred players to play with across the globe. Mm -hmm. But how are you going to get those two hundred to agree upon that when there's an overwhelming consensus about the original? Well, you, you hire yeah. Roger to, to to try and <laughs> gaslight them into. <laughs> yeah, and what? What? Yeah, it's. It's uh, it's so weird, and and Ethereum would be, would ju just be a chessboard uh, that is uh, you can choose your own size of the board, and you can choose how many steps each piece can take mm -hmm. <laughs> at a time. You can choose everything yourself, and see how that works. <laughs> so yep, wouldn't yep. even need to be squares. You could have triangles no, no, no. on the board. Yeah, exactly, and they and call just... it and call it Web three or some shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, but, but that's the thing about the framing. Uh, all Bitcoin is is the framing. So the analogy with the stamp on the gold bar, like mm -hmm. it's Here it the, is. the pro. The this property is, this is the stamp on the gold bar, right? This is yeah. But you don't, the 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 point is with, with Bitcoin, Bitcoin, you don't terms. need anything but that. You, you remove yeah. all the uh, the bullshit, stupid, shiny rock. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Because it's not necessary anymore, because you can prove that you expended as much energy on finding the Bitcoin as you would have in finding the gold. So, yeah. yeah energy expenditure, that's all it's about. Yeah, sorry, sorry. That, that, it, wasn't ex it wasn't exactly the thread I was trying to, to pull at there, but, but we went in an interesting direction. I'm, I'm going to have to do some more thinking because it's the combination yeah. of uh, this, this Lowry stuff and uh, framing and... and it was the kind of the, the thought that is the framing actually real and how do you get to real? I'll have to do some more thinking. And, and Daniel, I want to say, by the way, masterful interviewing there. You said one thing and then you got Knut and I talking to each other for 20 minutes there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's impossible to interview life. an interviewer, especially a good one. So so uh, an interviewer as good as Daniel, he's going to get us talking instead of talking himself. 
But yeah, to that. Oh, we forgot the the term we invented: brown pilling. That's when you when you uh, turn someone into a shitcoin or you brown pill them. <laughs> <laughs> so so my last final question: if we, if we're going to wrap it, I think this is a good place to wrap it up, Luke. Okay? So I'm can I just you... uh, can I just jump in on brown pilling because I've got to give a shout out to Andrew <laughs> Henderson from Bitcoin Reserve, who was busy trying to brown people on tobacco uh in riga oh yeah 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 so uh, he he's got this thesis that tobacco ain't bad for you because the uh, government said it is it's yeah bad, exactly so it can't be bad um and he's been going deep in the rabbit hole of uh for want of a better word i don't know natural tobacco and he had yeah. some stuff with him from mexico uh which he was rolling up in in papers and and smoking um I it was, refrained. I'm not a smoker, so I it didn't was good. try it. But there you go. <laughs> it smelled I mean, way better than than any tobacco I'd ever smelled before. I I love Andrew, but 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 the uh, it's a good like just because something that governments like the the opposite of the government what the government says isn't true by default either. So that's just. Do, do your work and do your do your own research. That's which that's he's doing. The lesson from there. Yeah, he is. And I can't wait to catch up with him. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that what's going on. Yes, go on, da Last Daniel. Thing. You have one brown pill and one orange pill. Who do you give them to? Oh, <laughs> God damn it! You've turned the tables on me. Ha! Um, start with a brown, brown pill. Brown that's, pill. That's, that's interesting. So who do I, who do down I the want, toilet. <laughs> who, who do I want to become a shitcoiner and forever be yeah. a shitcoiner? Uh, is there who do you really hate? I guess is the question. Yeah, well, that would only be given to someone in the Bitcoin <laughs> space, right? Because everyone by default is already a brown coiner. Yeah. Uh, well, I I would say that brown pills are for turning people into cryptocurrency fans and not necessarily kleptocurrency fans so if we subdivide shitcoins into fiat cryptocurrencies mm -hmm. and uh altcoins cryptocurrencies mm -hmm. then the brown pill would be now you go from because the blue pill is fiat right if you take the blue pill you go back to okay. fiat if you take right. the or the red pill uh you become a gun loving redneck is uh, <laughs> <it's a> texan <laughs> and if you take the orange pill you become a bitcoiner if you take the green pill, you become a hippie, and if you take the brown pill, you become a a cryptocurrency shitcoiner. So you be, you become Richard Hart. So so <laughs> you become Richard Hart. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. And um, that's the correct answer. So who does your yeah. orange pill go to then? <laughs> you know, I it comes back to I, I really do want Greta to take the orange pill. And undo all of the bad shit that she's inadvertently done, because there's someone else behind this. Um, but if she, if we can orange peel her, and she can rescue all of the teenage kids that she's absolutely scared the living daylights out of, yeah. and turn it around and say, "Guys, I was wrong. I was used." There's this thing called Bitcoin, and the planet's not going to fall out of the sky, and you are going to be all right. All you've got to do is start stacking sats and, and learning a little bit about it. 
then I think the world would be a much better place. I I think there's a high chance that that will actually happen, and I base that on uh, the they, the the left wingers in Sweden had this narrative called Generation Greta, so they were pr pretty sure that in all the school elections and like the the youth in Sweden traditionally always votes for more left wing parties, mm -hmm. but this time so 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 they had this Generation Greta narrative like when our kids grow up they'll all vote for Greta. But it's the other way around. <laughs> all, wow. all the kids are votes for the Sweden Democrats and are nationalistic as hell. <laughs> so, well, yeah. I, Look uh, what you do I, when I, you I, force something. When you force a narrative, like yeah. you know, and Rob Brindid talks about this. You you get the opposite effect. Yeah, um, yeah. Rebellion. Like all teenagers hmm. do that. Like, and Bitcoin that, that, is rebellion. Uh, it is it is rebellion. You know, in a block, like every <laughs> single block is another uh, announcement of rebellion against these freaking overlords that run our monetary system. Every yeah. 10 minutes, there's a reminder, like, we know, we know what you've done and we're and here to fix it. Every 10 minutes, uh, your last chance to alter that block in any way, shape or form Mm -hmm. expired mm -hmm. <laughs> that like like you only have 10 minutes to influence that block to make a yep. transaction to to put a little memo on the blockchain or whatever you want to do you only have those 10 minutes then that block is gone for sealed in cryptographic amber forever not changeable more permanent than every uh, tattoo in the world and it's beautiful so we're writing history literally every, every time we send minutes. a transaction yeah well, guys, I think that's probably perfect place to, to call it. Love it. Well, thanks for having Love me on, guys. Too. I've really, uh, really appreciated um, the time here. And thank you for what you're doing, both of you. Uh, there, there are not enough Bitcoin podcasts out there. We need more competition and collaboration in this space because we've got so many people to educate. Canute, your books are amazing. Everybody should check them out. That's uh, in in order: sovereignty uh, through mathematics, independence reimagined, and everything there is divided by twenty one million. And uh, Luke, thanks for stepping into the picture, man, and um, you know, putting your time and effort into this. I know you're mining fiat through that throughout the day, and here you are on a Sunday night. It's almost ten p.m., and you, you're doing this, and you're gonna yeah. do the audio and then edit Amazing. it, and uh, you've got like. Uh, a really tough job ahead of you because Canute insists on sitting in a squeaky chair. I don't know how you've let that ride so far. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, you'll find my books and Daniel's amazing book, Choose Life, at the Consensus Network webpage, the Consensus mm -hmm. with a K, where you can buy them for Bitcoin and use the code OnceBitten for 10%, an additional 10% off, or you just can use bitten. Just bitten. Just bitten. Or you yeah. can use the word Knut Svanon for 10% off too. Oh, you, you use Knut. <laughs> <laughs> Whichever you like. Anyway, this has been great. Thanks a lot, Daniel. And see you in, what is it? Oh, well, 10 days, yeah, just, I guess. Just about a week or so. Uh, we, we arrive uh, in Amsterdam on the 11th. And I'll be yes. there with uh, three of the kids. So there's going to be five of us. But we'll be there all together in Prague, six of us. And Excellent. um 
there'll be five of us in Silverstone as well. So big shout out to Bitcoin Racing. Uh, if you're going to Silverstone on the 16th of October, for all of you UK plebs, there's no excuse. Get to Silverstone. It's right there in the middle of the country. Anybody can make it. Free meetup. Well, it's 16 pounds to enter and watch the racing. But they'll have two races. Pre-order your pupusas. There's going to be 200 plebs there, all wearing Bitcoin merch, and it's just going to be... Um, it's the last race of the season. It's going to be fun, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing everybody there that makes it as well. Great. Great. Thanks again, Daniel. Really appreciate it, and appreciate uh, your, your words coming from you. That means a lot. And uh, this has been the Freedom Footprint Show. Thanks a lot. Thanks, guys. Take care.